John, welcome to the Insider's Edge podcast here on the WCWA Network. I'm your host with the most on the West Coast, California Inferior. It's a joy to be with you all once again. And speaking of a joy right here, right now, I get to speak to the, the human meat grinder. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is the XPW King of the Deathmatch Champion, the one, the only, Schlack. How are you, bro? Oh, dude, it's, uh, the time, is it there? It's like 11 uh, yeah, it's 11 a.m. for me, so. What time do wake up? Uh, yeah, usually I get up about midday, so. Um, you like me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I went to bed last night at about 3 a.m., so. Uh, Sounds <laughs> uh, So, Schlack, great to have you on the show, bro. Uh, first question I always ask everybody on the show is, how did you become a fan of professional wrestling before you got involved in the business? Let's see. Um, I mean, where I'm from, dude, I'm from like South Jersey. I'm from Atlantic City, Philadelphia area. My my relatives are from Philly. And ECW is huge here, man. ECW started here. CZW started here. You know, ROH started here. It's like the fucking hub for pretty much the current American hardcore. You know what I mean? Uh, where it started, basically. I mean, obviously, hardcore wrestling started like memphis with like bunkhouse brawls and shit like that but current modern fucking hardcore wrestling is ecw right can we argue that <laughs> i think you're right bro right there behind me uh, ECW arena you know fucking was literally 10 blocks from where i grew up as like a little kid you know <laughs> I mean, I when i was a kid and she's living around the corner so you know it's basically in the blood of this city. You know, I live in Philadelphia now. It's in the blood of the city. You can't escape it, dude. There's wrestling everywhere. You know, I mean, I'll be <laughs> fucking kid. I would wake up and watch Saturday morning WWF, and, you know. But as a current fan, you know, it's because I live in Philly. You can't get around it. I mean, I've been in fucking bands that are completely dedicated to wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, I used to be in a band called Eat the Turnbuckle. And all the songs are about wrestling and shit like that. You know, it's it's all over the city. <laughs> awesome, bro. So uh, uh, what are some of those fondest memories of, of going to the ECW arena and maybe seeing some of the, those early CZW shows? Um, I mean, that shit's amazing, man. You know, I've been to pretty much every Cage of Death except for the first one, I think, the first and second one. Uh, I mean... Almost all the tournament of deaths, you know. I mean, I'm like, you can see me in the crowd if you go back and watch old footage. I'm like, you know, the rabid asshole, uh, Philadelphia fan, crazy throwing beers. I've literally been kicked out. I mean, it's like shameful now that I'm a fucking professional wrestler, but uh, I'm it's I'm like literally I, I've been kicked out of the, the arena for like throwing bottles and chairs. I'm a total asshole. You know. <laughs> awesome. 
Um, so before you actually got into the rest of the business, you were a fan, you went to the shows and all that. Uh, was, that was there anything else that you did before getting into the wrestling business aside from, you know, being in bands and working as a tattoo artist? Uh, I mean, just being a fan in general, you know, what, what else did I do? I mean, uh, it's always been, you know, in the back of my head, man. I, I even like XPW, I remember I started apprenticing to tattoo when I was like 20, maybe 21. And I remember my boss, I was living in Atlantic City at the time, which is in New Jersey. Uh, I remember, you know, my boss going to like Best Buy. You have Best Buys down there? Where do you live, yeah. dude? <laughs> Perth, Western Australia. We don't have Best Buy, but I know what you mean. I have a bunch of buddies who live in Melbourne. But, um, anyway, uh, they have like Best Buys. They're like glorified Walmarts for technology. You know what I mean? Just like car radios and stereos and shit and VCRs and DVD players, Blu-rays, and they would sell DVDs. Well, back then, uh, they would sell like XPW DVDs and ECW DVDs and shit like that. And my boss at the time would go and to Best Buy and clear out the fucking like oddball rack of all those like hardcore wrestling DVDs. And we, he would bring them to the shop and we had a TV in the background and he would play that shit on the TV while we were tattooing. You know, so it's like, you know, since day one, man, day, you know, it's always been in the back of my head, whether it's when I was a kid watching wrestling on TV, it's in the background watching it while I'm tattooing. I was in bands dedicated to fucking wrestling, you know, and now here we are. I had to put the icing on the cake and I had to get professional training and, you know, finish the fucking game more or less. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, Brian. I know the exact DVDs you're talking about, those ECW, XPW DVDs. Uh, we used to get them sold here as well. And uh, sometimes you still find them here or there. Uh, yeah. Well, swap meets and fucking. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I. Got the new XPW DVDs. And he's like, they don't, no one buys DVDs anymore. That's why there's no extreme associates because they don't. <laughs> DVDs or Blu-rays anymore. Like, dude, trust me, man. Wrestling fans are fucking hoarders, dude. They will buy Blu-rays and DVDs of the new XPW shit and the new XPW TV. Don't you agree? I think so. Even though people don't even probably have fucking DVD players anymore. I dude, I was just in a car the other day, and I didn't know that all the new cars don't have radios in there anymore. Everything is like blue or CD players. Everything is like Blu-ray and shit right into the brand new radio. That, that blew my mind. I was like, I have like a thousand CDs of all like underground, you know, bands from going to shows and shit my whole life, like punker and death metal shows. And, you know, so I still listen to CDs all the fucking time. I can't believe that they don't have CD players in fucking cars now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get you, bro. My car's got a CD player, so... I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so as a fan of really heavy, brutal music, I, I also know you're a fan of Gigi Allen and you got to see him perform. Uh, I've never spoke to someone who got to see him perform, so I needed to ask about uh, what, what was it that drew you to him? And can you tell me any crazy stories of watching him perform? Uh, I mean, what's not to like about Gigi Allen? He, he's, <laughs> he's the first deathmatch wrestler of all time <laughs> he's the uh where it came from i guess i, I don't know uh, dude i 
I'm connected to that side of like rock and roll. I was actually just talking to Merle, like I'm, I'm good friends with Merle because I've had bands play with the Murder Junkies for years, like different bands over, over time. And uh, they were just looking for a new guitar player to do this upcoming tour. And it's like a two month long tour, something like that month long tour. And I was talking to him and I was like, I, he wants me to learn a set and fucking do the tour. And I'm like, uh, I got to take a month off of everything, like wrestling. But it would kind of be cool to have like a little feather in my cap to be like, yeah, I, I did a tour with the fucking Murder Junkies to, uh, you know, just add to my shithole legacy, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Man, I would, I'd do it if I were you. I mean, fuck. I mean, how many people can say that they did that? Especially because it's like the... 30th anniversary or 20th 25th something like that of Gigi dying or whatever and uh they're going to do like mostly all like um like Gigi songs because they've been doing just murder junkie songs over the years and maybe like one or two during the set without Gigi but they're going to do mostly primary G so I'm like oh fuck man I really want to do it because of that but it's like man you know I have so much shit on my goddamn plate as it is you know, I got my own bands. Like I'm in a band called The Crippler right now. Uh, I got to do that shit. You know, I'm a fucking tattooer. I got to at least show up to work a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know my boss for 30 years, so I just have the keys in the place. I'm in there right now. So I, I can pretty much do whatever I want and show up whenever I want. But I still have to at least come to fuck in a couple times a week. You know, uh, wrestling obligations and shit like that. You know, it's it's tough. I don't know, maybe we'll see. Right, well, stay tuned then, bro. Uh, uh, do, you, do you any have any like particular memories of JG Allen that you'd like to share? Uh, I mean, I growing up with that stuff, man. You know, I, I was showed that stuff at an early age. You know, I have older brothers and a a, bro, a friend of my brother, uh, or my my friend's older brother. He was like music czar whatever you want you know he would show us all this shit when we were like 14 15 years old he would be like yo check this shit we're listening to like acdc and you know he's like dude no you want to see this here's the mentors and fucking anti-scene and gg out this guy throws shit around and stuff like that we're like oh you know so it's that stuff you know i hate to say it it's like <laughs> it kind of develops my sense of humor that's why i have such like a garbage sense of humor i guess i i get turned on by seeing others get turned off you know <laughs> uh, it's just it's always been in the background I'm, I'm a huge like uh serial killer like you know donkey and i i collect all kinds of stuff like that i don't know did you watch the new Dahmer thing yes did you like it yeah it's great <laughs> it's better than night stalker one did you see the night stalker one the ramirez no that one was awesome. Check that one out. But anyway, and all that stuff, I think, kind of goes together. Like Gigi Allen and fucking deathmatch wrestling and, you know, underground punker stuff and tattooing and, like I said, Gigi Allen stuff. So all that stuff kind of like, you know, this tape trader shit in the back of magazines when, you know, you would have lists of tapes and people would trade VHS tapes and stuff like that. So I think that's why I'm into all that stuff. And I think Gigi Allen was probably like the fucking gateway of me getting into all that stuff and discovering all the other stuff with it. You know what I mean? So 
Yeah, Tell cool, me. bro. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about your experience, uh, you know, finally making the decision to get into the wrestling business. Uh, you know, how's your experience with the CZW Dojo? And, uh, you know, how, how quickly did you, you know, kind of, uh, uh, I guess, become comfortable uh, becoming a professional wrestler? Um, the dojo, well, I got, for years, you know, I knew DJ and some of the wrestlers because of that band. Like I said, I hate fucking repeating myself, but the band Eat the Turnbuckle. Uh, and they already knew. I mean, I've been playing shows and being in bands where I'm like fucking cutting my head and throwing beer bottles and shit like that and acting like an asshole for years before that. So I, I was like a wet dream for CZW. They were like, oh, this guy is ready to, to fucking do death matches right now. You know what I mean? It was kind of at a time when death matches were, you know what I mean? Not really as uh, popular as they are now, obviously. Um, so, you know, I got like fast-tracked into that shit. My first match had ladders and fucking uh, tables and chairs. You know, that's like unheard of for wrestling. You know, but uh, I, uh, I was trained by this dude preacher, Drew Gulak, Masada helped me out a little bit. Um, you know, so I know all this whole arsenal of like submission moves and shit like that, but he was like, you don't even use those though, Slack. If someone goes a lot with you, just punch them and bite them. I'm like, okay, you know, but I've been like peppering it in the health as my career goes along, I'm adding in shit like that. I don't know. But the CCW Dojo was awesome. It was a great place to fucking train. Uh, had a wealth of knowledge from a bunch of wrestlers coming in and out all the time, you know, and uh, it really helped, really helped. I mean, look who came out of that thing. It was like uh, MJF. He's like, he's like fucking king shit at AEW now, isn't he? You know, yeah. Janelle, Janelle came out of there. A bunch of fucking people, dude. They're, you know, so kind of lucky. Yeah, you cool, know. bro. Um I want to ask you about uh, what was it about Dan O'Hare that kind of clicked, you know, and, and what are your favorite memories of, you know, working with him in the storm of entrails? All right. Well, I know Dan. Dan is an audio engineer. Okay. Dan, uh, he was in this band called Total Fucking Destruction. He's in a band called uh, Brutal Truth. He was in a band, the, 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 like famous crime band, Brutal Truth, and a couple other things. Well, he's an audio engineer. And uh, he recorded a couple, an album or two or something uh, before Eat the Turnbuckle for a couple other bands I was in. Um, I think one was uh, Bottomless Pit. And uh, I know he recorded a Crack House album I was in. And well, anyway, he recorded an Eat the Turnbuckle album. And, you know, you get to, you shoot the shit with the fucking engineer while you're recording. And uh, he, you know, he's like, oh, dude, I just started, you know, I know you like wrestling, blah, blah, blah. Everything's about wrestling. He's like, I just started to train to wrestle. And it got me so, like, I wouldn't say furious, but I'm like, so jealous. I'm like, all right, I got to go too. He's like, you should. And he, you know, that was like, so Dan was actually like the catalyst to fucking push me to actually go and be a professional wrestler. So he's always been involved with Eat the Turnbuckle behind the scenes because of recording and stuff like that. And we both were training at the dojo at the same time at CZW. So Gulak put us together as a tag team. He's like, you guys are both fucking in death metal bands and play music. You're both friends. Uh, 
you're both hardcore wrestlers. Um, why don't you guys be a tag team? So that's the name Storm of Entrails came from Gulak. He's like, I want you guys to be a death metal band, but a tag team. And he's like, how about the name Storm of Entrails? At first I didn't like it, but now I'm like, ah, I kind of really like that name actually. So thank Gulak for that. Very cool. Uh, I wanted to confirm this with you. Was your first deathmatch tournament, an actual tournament, the IWA Deep South Carnage Cup 11 in 2017? Is that my first tournament? Was that before Tournament of Death? I know I did like three or four of those. I think it was like a month before the Tournament of Death that I saw. I think that was probably the first one. Right, yeah. cool. Um, I want to ask you this, uh, the, the day of a deathmatch tournament, is there an atmosphere in the air that is different from the usual? What do you do to mentally and physically prepare for something like this? Drink and other assorted uh, unpleasantries. <laughs> um, yeah, of course there is, man, because it starts earlier in the day. So I'm getting up at an odder time. That means I should go to sleep earlier the night before but that usually doesn't happen you know so you're working on less sleep you're out there earlier in the morning you know uh you're bleeding earlier in the day and and you know you got fucking hell to pay dude you know if you go more than one round if you're going like three rounds or just, some of those tournaments are fucking four matches you know you're beaten to ever living shit dude so you know your nerves are more you know racked than than, than average you know uh when when when, I, when you're done one of those, especially if you go to the finals, you know I'm like incapacitated for a few days after. I just sit in my bed and just stare at the fucking wall, dude. You know, it, but yeah, for sure they they definitely uh, it's definitely a different atmosphere. You're you're on edge more, I think. You know, you want to out crazy all the other fucking lunatics, so you're more willing to do dumber shit. And you know what dumber shit gets you? <laughs> more cuts and more injuries. <laughs> you know. Excellent, bro. Um, so you've done the Carnage Cup. You've done Tournament of Death. You've done IWA's King of the Death Matches, the Tournament of Survival, Crimson Cup, Masters of Pain, and, of course, the XPW King of the Death Match Tournament, where you are now the reigning champion. Who does it the best? Who puts on the best Death Match Tournament, in your opinion? Who puts on the best deathmatch tournament, in my opinion? Hmm. I did the NGI. You left that out, Nick Age Invitational. Oh, did you? Okay, that's the list. I did a couple of those. I did, dude, I was in the beginning of all the GCW shit. I was in the, you know, the first five years of that, four, whatever. Anyway, um, I also hold the record for most deathmatch tournaments in one year. And that's eight, I believe. I believe it's eight. But, um, just, you know, brush my shoulder off there. <laughs> uh, that's how fucking stupid I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, who puts on the best tournament? Uh, what do you mean by best tournament? The biggest and most exciting? The easiest flowing? Yeah, you know, like, I don't know, a whole bunch of factors, you know, like the mo the best organized, uh, but also, you know, you I want a bit of a crowd. In the winter time, because 
in the fucking middle of the summer outside with the sun blazing on you is the worst goddamn thing on earth. So any any company that does it in the winter time is, uh, I think, the best man one. <laughs> <laughs> good answer, good answer. Uh, how are you enjoying your time with XPW at the moment? I, I've seen every show since its return. Um, and obviously you've been pretty much like one of the main stars that have been pushed for XPW at the moment. How are you enjoying your time? Uh, I mean, I love it at XPW. Rob takes care of me, takes care of the boys. Um, the, the fucking crowd is insane. Uh, it, it's like adds a level of danger. I mean, there people throwing shit at you. The bottles, I was talking to Big Joe and he's like, I fucking love it, mate. You know, uh, dude, it, it makes you feel like you're in like Memphis days and you're battling through the crowd and, you know, which you actually really are. <laughs> uh, not only are you fucking wrestling some fucking mongrel, you know, you're also kind of wrestling the crowd. It's awesome. It reminds me of like old ECW and shit like that. You know, how it's like fever pitch and white knuckling through the whole thing. I love it. But XVW is great, man. You know, the fans are super warm, super welcome. I love what Rob is doing. I, I love XBW TV, which more people need to watch, which is free on Fight. They're uploaded now on YouTube. Uh, you can get them off of the XBW website, which is www.thexbwwrestling.com. Uh, if you watch all the episodes, you'll get the, the monthly wrestling shows even more you get the more you know you get more jokes the shit's funnier the storyline is you know that's one thing about the indies man you not many people are really doing storylines and that's a huge fucking part of wrestling it gets you invested in it you know uh but xvw has multiple storylines coming from all fucking directions plus real heat online with other companies and rob because he can't keep his fucking mouth shut so you got real shit you got Written storylines, you got real beef with people. It's fucking awesome, dude. I, I love XPW. Plus, you got, you know, the, the old XPW fucking original girls. You got the new ones. What, what's not to fucking love, dude? It's it's the only real, true, you know, alternative to fucking super squeaky clean PC fucking wrestling. It's the only true real alternative. Rob is the only one nowadays that has the fucking balls to do what he wants. Everyone else, you know, plays by Twitter and all that other horseshit. And, and I think there's a huge, massive group of people that don't really follow current wrestling because they think it's so fucking, you know, baby powdered up the ass. They think it, it's not edgy and it's not dangerous anymore. I mean, and those people don't follow current modern wrestling. They they still like wrestling, you know, and that's like the beer drinking fucking, you know, super diehard people. So I, I think, you know, what XBW is currently doing, it's 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 catering to those people. And I think that's gonna and it actually it does bring those people out. And hopefully more people get eyes on it, more people see, you know, XBW and what they're doing, and it's back. And it brings out all those old ECW fans, old XPW fans. What, you know, which which really ironic. I was talking about this the other day. Is XPW and ECW were like warring at one time. Now I believe, which there is going to be a show in Philly. You know, I don't mean to you know blow kayfabe there, but Rob's going to do one at the arena in Philly, and I believe 
all those like old ECW fans are going to come out in droves because even though XPW and ECW were uh, at war, XPW now is like nostalgic and will the, the ECW fans that were war will want to come to see the XPW because it reminds them of ECW days and the early XPW days. It's like truly, you know, it's bizarre, but it's become like a nostalgic value thing. And hopefully they appreciate the new product. I think Rob is like holding it down. And obviously you can't have the entire original fucking roster. Most of those dudes are, you know, 60 years old or fucking dead. I mean, you know, I don't understand. I see people on fucking line like, why don't you get this guy? Why don't you get this guy? It's like, uh, that guy's dead. The other guy's in a fucking wheelchair. The other guy could barely stand. The other dude is 60 fucking five years old. Well, <laughs> but I can go on for fucking hours on that, but XPW, like working there. That's great, bro. I have to say, I feel like XPW is filling a void in pro wrestling right now. And for me, like it's, I, I watch it. I'm like, finally something that's not insulting my intelligence, finally something that I can sink my teeth into. And it's like from go to woe, from the star of the show to the end, it's like, unpredictable you don't know what's going to happen next and and you know there's all these elements that are missing in wrestling that i get with xpw you get sexy women sexy women like i want to look at sexy women who doesn't want to look at sexy women i uh, mean you, gotta, you have a dick right i do do you want to see sexy women i don't fucking understand it how can how can a guy not want to see hot valets there's even girls wrestling in xpw now so you not only do you see the hot, you know, porn valets and all that stuff, there's girls in the ring too to satisfy your fucking, you know, who are great workers in their own right. But I just don't understand how that could even be an issue. I don't, I don't fucking, I don't get it, you know, but XBW, like I said, the only true counterculture and true alternative left. I think it's great. I mean, it, it's, it's a little rough around the edges. I think it's getting better every single show. Things are getting added. Give it a little more time. People are so fucking quick to fucking talk shit and be dickheads, you know, and they probably don't even see the fucking product. They just bitch and moan and they follow like fucking lemmings and like to complain because of tribalism because I like this promotion the best. Well, I like this promotion the best. Yo, asshole. How about you sit in the fucking middle and enjoy all of it if you can? Why wouldn't you want more options instead of less options? That means more jobs for the boys, more jobs for the people in the locker room, uh, more income, more fucking wrestling you have. I, I just don't quite understand it. But, you know, it's great. The, the tribalism's weird, bro. It's like you can like more than one wrestling company. It's okay to have many options. You don't have to pick one and shun another. And you're right. XPW is, I've, I've seen it from the first show to now, every single show, they're slightly improving on this bit, this bit, this bit, this bit, this bit, and right. it's coming together beautifully. Uh, anyway, um, I wanted to bring it on to now uh, just what it's like being a deathmatch wrestler. How do you wind down from the adrenaline of a deathmatch? And do you ever get sick of ruining your bed sheets by bleeding through the night when you sleep? Uh, it's funny. I, we re, I was just in Japan and uh, boy, my bed was wrecked. <laughs> I, I literally, you know, the, the uh, there's like the, the sheet and there's the fucking sheet that goes over the mattress. Then there's that little foam pad 
with the straps that go on the corners. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, the ball went all the way through that. Luckily, it didn't go on the mattress. But I, I balled that shit up and threw it out. So hopefully, uh, Brett didn't get a fucking fine for that. But that's why you have black sheets at home. Not, not the hotel white ones. I mean, that's foolish. Hotels were not designed for deathmatch wrestling. But black sheets at home. Uh, <laughs> yes, that is a, uh, a nuisance. And my pillows get destroyed. You know, I mean, I mean, it's casualties of war. You know what I mean? It comes with the fucking territory. But, <laughs> but it's like being a deathmatch wrestler. It's uh, peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys, you know. You have a great match, you're on fucking cloud nine, you don't give a fuck. You know, you have an okay match, uh, you know, you're your worst enemy, your own worst enemy, you critique yourself. Uh, I mean, it's it's very rough on the fucking body, obviously. You know, I go back and I look at, um, like, Nick Mondo only wrestled for four years, and the wife beater only wrestled for four years. I'm on eight years now, dude, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm like, what were you guys complaining about? You know, everything I do is pretty much all death matches. It's not that I can't wrestle any other kind. I'm a completely confident wrestler. Uh, I, I just, you know, I'm every fucking week. Those guys were once a month. I don't understand, but uh, it, it's taxing, dude. You know, it, I think the CTE kicks in a little bit. You know, I've been hit in the head a few times, so you got to excuse me if I repeat myself. It's okay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that good to fucking begin with before or prior to wrestling um <laughs> a little too much <laughs> um so speaking of some you know of the guys in the business uh uh soon you're going to be facing drake younger you're also going to be wrestling angel which i was i i'm very excited to see him come back after you know back to xpw after all these years um, so these are kind of some like uh, dream death matches that we might not have seen before. I don't know if you've worked with Drake before, but um, aside from these two, uh, is there anyone else uh, in the death match scene that you haven't had the chance to work with that you'd really, you know, think that you could uh, draw some eyeballs? Right before I answer that question, you see that that's why XPW is awesome and why I like it because that neither of those matches would have happened anywhere else in any other company because one no one has the balls to use drake number one rob don't give a fuck you know rob does not give a fuck the guy didn't physically hurt anyone or rape and kill or some kind of fucked up thing you know uh so what the guy's being crucified for his opinion you know welcome to 2022 but that shouldn't prevent him from wrestling yes it should prevent him from getting fans yes it should prevent him from you know, uh, people not wanting to show up. But that doesn't mean he shouldn't be allowed to wrestle. And Rob understands that. That's why Rob is willing to roll the dice and book the guy, because there is a bunch of people that don't give a fuck what the guy does in his home life and just want to see the guy either A, get his ass fucking kicked in the ring, or B, you know, they're just a big fan of that guy and whatever Drake Younger chooses to run for office and, and promote, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that and like Angel... Angel wouldn't, hasn't wrestled in eight years. He wouldn't fucking come out and work for anyone else but Rob. So both of those matches are because of Rob and because of the way XPW is, you know? So that, that's like a, a big selling point of why I like XPW because Rob is not afraid 
look, he basically, the Necro Butcher is back, you know, in the limelight because Rob had the fucking balls to be like, yes, we're going to use Necro, you know, and how great is the fucking Necro Butcher? You know what I'm saying? He's fucking people, awesome, bro. People like to shit on Dylan because of his fucking political viewpoint. I personally fucking hate politics, but, you know, that's what Dylan wants to do. That's on him. But it shouldn't prevent him from fucking wrestling. I, I don't understand. But, like, we wouldn't have the fucking Necro Butcher again, which he's fucking killing it. And, I mean, when I wrestled him, like, four years ago, whatever, he was, like, you know, on death's fucking door. Uh, and he, he, he kicked fucking liver cancer, and now he's fucking back. And that's because XBW had the balls to bring him back. Regardless, what was the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was great. I really liked what you had to say there because, you know, I, I think everyone deserves the chance to, to to make some money, you know, no matter what their fucking issue is or whatever whatever it is that they believe. I don't give a shit. I just want to see people wrestle and fucking hit each other with shit. That's all I care about. <laughs> uh, you're not, you know, you're not exempt from uh, repercussions you know, you're not exempt from me, and you're not exempt from fucking, uh, you know, not, not being allowed to do things and shit like that. But you, you, like you said, you shouldn't be able to get food taken off your fucking table. You know, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, welcome to 2022. Yeah, yeah. I saw someone uh, uh, respond to an XPW tweet uh, promoting the match with you and Drake and uh, someone underneath made a comment um, about, you know, he shouldn't be booked on the show or whatever. And I, my response to that person was everybody deserves a chance to make a living. What do you want him to do? Sit in a dark room for the rest of his life. Like he has to live his life. <laughs> don't, don't watch it. If you don't like the guy. Exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that show. The view with uh, the people on TV, like daytime television. And I probably don't like their opinions on things. So I don't watch it. I don't go online and send NBC or whatever the fuck network that shows on. Uh, you shouldn't allow these people to have a TV show because if my feelings are hurt and, you know, the universe really gives a fuck about your opinion and, and your feelings. You know that, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, the other question actually I had was, is there someone that you haven't had the chance to work with uh, in the deathmatch scene that you, you you think you'd be able to draw some eyeballs with? Well, I was just in Japan. I finally got, it's been like two and a half years it was scheduled. I was supposed to wrestle Takeda in Japan or in the States, uh, but he got hurt when he was wrestling in Japan. So I had to wrestle Danny Havoc. I wrestled Danny's grant. I wrestled Danny Havoc's last match, which is better than wrestling Takeda. You know, I mean, Grant yeah. was my Danny Havoc was my boy, so it was a, it's been honor to you know got the opportunity to do that. But um, it was supposed to be Takeda. That was like two and a half years ago. Then COVID happened, so I just got to wrestle him in Japan on one on one. Um, so it knocked him off the list. But I haven't had a one on one with Kasai, and he's fucking next. So June Kasai, you know, I mean he's like deathmatch fucking god. I'm here to dethrone Deathmatch God. 
<laughs> Excellent, bro. Yeah, no, ever since I, I'd seen you in XPW, I have been thinking, when are they going to bring Jun in? When are they going to bring him in? I want to see that match in XPW. But even if it happens in Japan, either way, I'll be happy. So that, fantastic choice, my friend. Uh, so uh, now you've gone to Japan, I believe, is it three times you've been to Japan now? Uh, yes, I believe so. Cool. Um, what are some of your favorite and maybe not so favorite times over there? I was um, I was supposed to be there for like a few months, uh, but then COVID hit and fucked it all up. So that that was that was a bummer. I was gonna like live there in like an apartment and shit. Um, but whatever. I mean, I just got to go again. I'm not complaining. Uh, some of my favorite and some of my I mean, some of my favorite I really can't say publicly on a podcast. <laughs> It might incriminate a few people that don't want to be incriminated. I personally don't give a fuck. But, you know, everyone has to pay their bills and everyone deserves the right. To <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, last, I, I, one of the times we were there, there's a place. Have, have you ever been to Japan? I have not, but I, I'm hoping to soon. Um, Shinjuku is this part of Tokyo where there's all these, there's like hundreds of, of bars and they're all small bars like probably the size of the room you're in and they're all right next to each other and it's like they're all themed differently like there's actually a bar there called deathmatch in hell and these they're, they're little tiny bars with about five stools and a uh, and a, a little bar and a, the bartender stands behind it and you basically bar hop from little bar to little bar to little bar and you drink a beer go to the next one and each one has a different theme that deathmatch in hell has like horror movies playing and deathmatch wrestling and there's all kinds of like you know shit all over the walls or like horror movie posters and old school deathmatches and there's like the one down like you know next door to it there's it's like has post-it notes you know the yellow post post notes hundreds of thousands of them covering every single part of the room the the root the ceiling the walls and everyone from all over the world goes in there and they sign or draw something on it and they put it on the wall and the one next to it looks like an old English Victorian room. And then the one next to it, you know, everything in there is made of wood. You know, so it's all these weird little rooms. It's called, it's Shinjuku. It's awesome. Um, but we were in there one time, me and a couple of the boys, and me and Joey Janela had a, a shot drinking contest. And, dude, I got drunk tattooed on my stomach. You're not beating me in a fucking shot drinking contest. <laughs> and we, you know, we were already drinking beforehand. We drank like 21 shots, somewhere, somewhere up there. And Joey was kaput. I mean, he was like limp dead. I had the firemen's carry him about three city blocks to get into a cab. And by the time I got there, I'm almost fucking bombed myself. <laughs> I dropped him and he swan dived head right onto the fucking ground. We finally get up to the apartment. And he's like, my fucking head, head. you know, I'm, I'm denying everything. But uh, oh, Japan's great, dude. They they treat you like a real fucking, you know, superstar. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, bro. I, I've heard that the uh, the beds are a little small over there, right? Dude, uh, I'm real small and, and very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. I, unless I'm I'm a, I'm a humble man. I don't need, you know. The, the beds with the number count where it tells you how soft and hard they are or, or a big water bed or whatever. I don't need any of that shit. 
Yeah, I'm an old punker, dude. I, I'll sleep in the fucking street. I don't know about it. <laughs> I've, I've been to places there where they had just these thin mats. You know what I mean? That you lay on the floor. And man, you know, I'm shaped oddly. I have like real wide shoulders. You know, so my head, you know, I need like two pillows to meet the corner of my thing. And it fucking destroys my hips. And I'm like tossing the turn. And, and I, I just said to me, I, I got more damage done to my body on this last Japanese tour from the bed I slept in than the actual death matches I wrestled. <laughs> Excellent, bro. Um, I want to ask you, do you have any stories of working for a shitty promoter that didn't pay you properly or, or didn't follow through on a certain, certain promise? Is there any stories you can share? Uh, actually, I've never had a problem with pay ever. Even Ian Rotten has paid me all the time and always been solid. I mean, you know, I'm not the toughest guy on planet Earth, but I don't, you ain't not fucking paying me, dude. I'm going to fucking choke the life out of you. That's just not happening. After I just fucking killed myself in that goddamn ring for you. So, but yeah, I've never really had an issue with anyone. No pay. Uh, okay. Excellent to hear. I literally just go in their pockets and take the fucking money. <laughs> Or the popcorn stand or whatever the fuck. <laughs> it's on Ian Rotten for not paying. I've heard many stories about that, but always took care of me, you know, so can't really trash the guy. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <clears throat> a question I usually ask every single deathmatch guy or gal on the show is, who is a pro wrestler that some may be surprised that you're a fan of the work of? Pro wrestler, I'm a fan. I mean, I like all kinds of wrestling, dude. You know, I know I choose to represent myself with deathmatch wrestling. I'm also I like all kinds of music. Believe it or not, I play like four instruments, dude. I play the drums, bass, guitar. You know, uh, so I like a weird eclectic thing of music and a weird, you know, eclectic you know, uh, ensemble of, of, of wrestling because I'm looking at it as musicianship. Like, wow, that guy's really awesome playing his guitar. That guy's really awesome in the ring with his technical prowess, you know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at it at a different viewpoint. But I choose to represent myself with blood and guts and gore and blast beats and loud guttural screaming. You know I mean? That's what I choose to represent myself. Doesn't mean I don't like other shit, you know? But uh, who would be a wrestler that, let's see, who do I like that's, you ever hear people chant Schlack Saber Jr. when I do, <laughs> I'll do some kind of like weird, like, you know, like a mousetrap pin or something. And the crowd's like, whoa, I, he's not just a fucking completely dumb Cro-Mag idiot. He can actually do stuff. So they all flip out. <laughs> but if they start chanting Schlack Saber Jr., <laughs> never heard that that's fantastic um another question i had is <clears throat> obviously 20 years ago people just shat on deathmatch wrestling said it was garbage and it was, a, it was a very you know small kind of portion of uh hardcore fans that that you know in that philly area that liked it and obviously people who'd seen it in japan and all that as well but now 20 years later it seems like it's it's the it's become the popular thing, and you have 
people like a David Arquette, Matt Cardona, even Buff Bagwell earlier this year was talking about maybe he should do a death match. As somebody that this is this is what you do, and this is what a, a whole bunch of your 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 friends have and and co-workers have done for years and went through all the time period where everyone said it was shit, and now everyone apparently loves it, and it's it's all these other guys are, are starting to do it. How does that make you feel? Ah, uh, let's see. It's like um <laughs> without sounding like an asshole. <laughs> you know, uh you want to be the kid, you know, you're like, hey, check out this band. And you'd be like, oh, I don't want you to have the CD. It's my band. I heard it first. It's, it rules, right? Listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're a kid or whatever. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's everybody's. Every, music is for everybody. Wrestling is for everybody. Everything is for everybody. Once it's in a public space, obviously. But, you know, I just chuckle, you know, sometimes when like, like, it's like David Arcadio, you know, I chuckle because they're doing it. You know, I mean, maybe they are sincere and want to do it because they really, truly like Deathmatch, which, which maybe they do. They probably do, you know, or at least they uh, appreciate it and show that it has value. You know what I mean? Because there's people that are just cut and dry, like Deathmatch wrestling is garbage, hack wrestling, blah, blah. But, you know, what's funny is it basically carried independent wrestling over the COVID period and regular wrestling in the complete fucking shitter to the point of where it got Nikki the gauge on fucking AEW wrestling Jericho on national television. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you look at it two ways. In one hand, you know, that stuff and Gigi Allen and tattooing, maybe that stuff is meant to be underground because when it's not underground, the government gets its fucking dirty claws into it and it gets regulated. And when it gets regulated, it gets softer and it, it gets... It gets a whole bunch of rules placed on it and you can't be as dangerous or as explicitive or, you know, whatever, as you would like, you know, because you got big brother fucking with an eye on you, telling you what to do, what you can't do, you know? So maybe it's not good that David Arquette does a fucking death match or it goes on TV, but on the flip side, it gets more eyes on the product. More people see it, you know, uh, what are you doing? You just want to stay down here or do you want to expand and grow? I mean, ultimately wrestling is a fucking business. What are you supposed to do when you have a business? Make money. What are you doing? You know, that's the whole point of the goddamn shit is to make fucking money. You know, I'm, I'm glad that there's guys out there that are like, I do this just for the, for the sport and for the thing. Yeah. Well, guess what? I got fucking bills to pay asshole. And as much as I enjoy wrestling and killing myself, you know, I also, need fucking lights and food in my stomach. So I do it for money. So let's not be a fucking jerk off here about the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, but I, I guess, you know, a, a lot of people do do it though, because it's the popular thing, you know, and they, or they want to be like, Hey, I'm a tough guy too. I want to prove that I can do this, you know? So I guess, you know what? And I, I guess, if you've got the ball sack to step in there and do a death match, I, 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 awesome. I salute you and pat you on the fucking back. I just don't like when someone does two or three death matches and they're like, oh, they're a death match wrestler now. Uh -uh. 
anyone anyone can do a fucking death match. Anyone can get in the ring and beat themselves into oblivion and get their head fucking beat in and beat the other guy's head in. Anyone can do one of them. What makes a death match wrestler is the guy that does it multiple times a week for years on end. That's what makes a real death match wrestler. That's the fucking spirit, dude. That's death match spirit. Anyone could do one, anyone could do two or three, a handful of them, but it's, do you have the fucking 50% balls, 50%, you know, fucking lack of brains to get in the fucking ring and constantly do this shit over and over, knowing the end result is the same exact fucking thing. What happens when you do the same thing over and over and over and expect a different result? What's that called? It's insanity. <laughs> you know, it's insanity. And I'm tripping. <laughs> no that was a fantastic answer for i really i thought that was a really smart answer what you said then you know if it gets too popular then maybe it'll start getting the wrong kind of attention and we don't want that that's for sure we don't want to, uh, our fun ruined um uh, another question i had we're getting very close to the end of the interview here schlack uh one question i wanted to ask you you're a heavily tattooed man you're a very big man what are the biz biggest misconceptions of you um, people think I'm a complete moron. <laughs> um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a little rough around the edges. You know, uh, I'm, uh, I'm definitely, uh, very caveman-like, but I'm, I'm not, you know, remember, uh, Saturday Night Live, you remember, um, unfrozen caveman lawyer? <laughs> yeah. It was like a skit with the, you know, uh, I kind of feel like that guy. Sadly enough, um, I don't know, I'm not a fucking moron. People misconstrue me being, you know, raw, beer drink. <laughs> yes, I'm that too, but, you know, I'm a, you know, diverse individual. You know, I'm a fucking renaissance man, goddammit. <laughs> uh, honestly, though, I could care less. You think I'm a fucking complete moron, which, you know, uh, to do what I do, uh, I think you got to be a little dumb, you know. But I'm not as dumb as I smell. <laughs> That's a fantastic quote, bro. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the next question I want to ask, your band, The Crippler, uh, I, 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 I dig the song Suicide by Cop. I, I was into that. Uh, please tell me a little bit about the band and, and where that's headed right now. Um, we have an album we've actually been sitting on for a year that's in the middle of getting pressed. We've made it over COVID. Uh, it's in the middle of getting pressed. Should be out. 13 songs. Uh, I released a couple of videos of them. So far we did, uh, I'm just going to let myself right in. Suicide by Cop got released. Uh, what else was there? Um, Human Awfuls. A um, couple tracks. But um, that band is, it's Dan O'Hare. It's my first band I've ever been in with Dan. Like, why don't we fucking finally do a band? Uh, because uh, I've known him forever and he's my goddamn tag team partner and whatever. So we started this band over COVID. Dan O'Hare, who's in Brutal Truth and Bail or and uh, Total Fucking Destruction. Uh, Jason Goldberg, Jag, his nickname. Uh, he was the singer of Baylock 13. Um, Mike Hook, the bass player, uh, he was in Eat the Turnbuckle with me. Um, and the drummer, Evan Madden, he uh, was in the band Crack House with me. So it's like, you know, all dudes I've known forever. They're all premier musicians, you know, and it's, 
I, I don't see how people are in bands with people they don't really hang out with. You know, I've been lucky enough to play in bands with like my boys. Like if I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? It's Sunday. I mean, when we come over, drink a couple of beers, you know, I'm in bands with all those dudes. That's how, you know, that's the only way to be in a fucking band as far as I'm concerned. You're, you're boys. You're like a small gang and you travel around and wreak havoc. But, uh, we got a show at Mortician coming up, which is probably going to be the record release in December 2nd, I believe, in, in North Jersey. Um, we're going to start doing a bunch of shows out, probably a small tour at the beginning of, uh, you know, or late end of winter. And we're going to do Obscene Extreme in the Czech Republic this year. We just kind of got confirmed for that. Uh, I don't know. It's like, you know, I got so much shit going on. I weave everything. I just, I try and keep all my buddies that I do things with happy, you know, and uh, hey, wrestling. Hey, what, you know, you haven't been fucking, where you been? I haven't seen you in a while. I'm like, oh, don't worry. I, I got some dates. My boys I play music with, dude, we need to play a couple shows. So it's like I'm constantly getting juggled to fuck around all over the place nonstop. But shit's coming out. It's coming, you know, slow doses, slow doses. I'm a busy fucking man. <laughs> Very cool, bro. It's always good to be busy. And uh, I agree with you. Uh, I had a band. Uh, we broke up. But, man, all I ever wanted was a band where we're all fucking, we're a gang. We go out, we drink together. No, no, no none of them wanted to ever do anything. They, they play the set and then they go home. It was so annoying. I was always the only one there at the gig after they left, you know, networking and doing all the shit you're supposed to do. Oh, oh it's all about brother you know i mean dude don't get me wrong it took me years i've been playing music since i was 16 years old man so years of bands like that and then you know i picked one guy from this band one guy from this band we keep playing music together you know and fortunately the last several bands i've been in have been all like my fucking boys and there's nothing funner than that that's awesome bro uh something i read through my research you had said this is a quote. I just made an appointment to get the other side of my head and face to get tattooed. Fuck everything. You, uh, getting the other side of your face tattooed. What's the plan, bro? Um, all right. I don't want to give it away, but um, <laughs> I have like this side of my neck. I, I'm, I'm very heavily covered. I have like eat my fuck tattooed right here. I have this side of my neck over here. And what I'm getting is uh, a guillotine going up the side of my head and there's going to be like barbed wire wrapped around the pillars and the barbed wire is going to come around and go to my face like this wrapped around my head and maybe to my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it, bro. <laughs> Very cool. Um, uh, one more question before I get to my final segment here, Schlack. What else do you hope to achieve in pro wrestling? Um, I never got to do a cage of death. I'm very... I was supposed right before COVID, before CZW completely collapsed, it was getting mapped out. I actually got Alex Cologne to fucking agree. He's like, I'll never do CZW again. But because Alex is my boy, I'm like, you know, I got him to agree to a couple shows to build up the Cage of Death. And it was supposed to be me versus Alex Cologne in the Cage of Death. But then COVID happened and it killed it. And CZW basically disappeared. You know, but hopefully now CCW is kind of, you know, the tournament of death is coming is this year. They're doing another one. And maybe hopefully I can actually get that fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? 
Uh, I was supposed to be right now as we speak. I was supposed to be in fucking Australia on the tour with ICW, but I got fucked up the ass on that one uh, because of Danny, uh, you know, can't play nice with fucking Rob, even though Rob was willing to me to get to uh, L.A. to fly me, you know, and so ICW wouldn't lose money because I'm exclusive to ICW or XBW in L.A., and Danny doesn't like that. So um, he wanted me to wrestle the show before Australia. And Rob's like, dude, you have an agreement with me, which I honor my agreements. Uh, but fucking uh, Danny was like, dude, I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to have to pull you off all the shows and the Australian tour because, uh, you know, the money to make the flight is for you wrestling in LA and you can't wrestle LA. Plus you're working with Rob. Maybe when you stop working with XPW, then you could come back, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, dude, you know, whatever. Even Rob hey, to fly me to LA. So ICW didn't lose money. And so I did not get to go to Australia. But Danny decided to stomp his feet, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I talked to Joel uh, from Deathmatch down on there. And he's like, I'll bring you out after this tour, blah, blah, blah. So I'll be getting there anyway. But that's one place it's been extremely elusive to me. You know, I've, I've been I'm very humbled and I've been all over the planet pretty much. South America, up north, Canada, Montreal, Quebec, uh, all over the United States, all over Europe, you know, Eastern and uh, the uh, West Coast of Europe, um, Japan, you know, a couple of Asian countries. I never got to be in Australia. And I always wanted to go to Australia because I, every person I've ever met from Australia, including yourself now. <laughs> has a great sense of humor. They don't give a fuck. You know, they're all beer drinkers. Everyone is fucking fun from Australia. I love the music. I love the death metal and the grind and shit from Australia. I feel like it's an, a rad country. And I never it's always been losing. I've never been able to get there to tattoo over there. I never been able to play music over there. And never, wrestling finally got me there. And I got it, my balls cut off before I got over, which is ironic because I actually got Joel in contact with ICW to form that whole business relationship to make it happen to where they booked this tour. And I'm the one that got fucked. But that's a whole nother fucking thing. Don't, you know, it's a whole nother fuck. <laughs> that's great, bro. Um, but yeah, hopefully you do make it down under at some point. And, and if you're going to be working in Melbourne, I will fly over. I will fly over to see you perform. Uh, and, and sink some sink some beers. Um, okay, Schlack, getting to the final segment here of the show before we plug everything that is going on right now. Uh, this this segment is just to find out about your favorite things, Schlack. First three are about wrestling, though. Who is your favorite professional wrestler of all time? Um, I have to narrow it down to one. I mean, I'm a big Benoit fan. I mean, not because of you know. <laughs> I always thought Benoit was awesome. I mean, for Christ's sake, his name is his nickname is the Rabid Wolverine and the Crippler. I mean, how, how could you not like that? Plus, he was a machine in the ring, dude. Um, big fan of him. I do. I, I Sabu was fucking awesome. Hyper innovative. You know, I was really a big fan of the Missing Link. You remember the Missing Link? Green. <laughs> you know, I liked him. But if I got to choose one, dude. I would say Bam Bam Bigelow. 
Nice the choice. From the East. <laughs> you know, from New Jersey. Uh, he, he's like the first dude I could really remember that had like visible tattoos on his head in anywhere, not just wrestling, just in pop culture, period. You know what I mean? And he's a big, bad motherfucker. He's from a great New choice. That's it. When you think of a new wrestler from New Jersey, first person usually I think of is Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, uh, Shalak, do you have a favorite opponent? Someone that you, you, it's just you, the favorite person to work with? Favorite person to work with? Um, I really liked wrestling my old tag team partner, Marcus Crane. Me and Marcus, we really, and you know, he would always say, uh, we were like Batman and Robin or a Batman and, and the Joker. And he's like, I'm like the Joker and you're like Batman, he just beat me up. I'm like, I don't wanna be Batman, I wanna be the Joker too. But I get your fucking analogy. But me and him would fucking kill each other, dude. Every time we got in the ring, I don't know if you watched old Hal Day's GCW stuff, go back and watch some of that stuff with me versus Marcus Crane. We had a series of like four matches and they, I've been told, you know, nice feather in my cap, that the first time I wrestled Marcus was the first time in the United States that brought the current Japanese style of deathmatch wrestling to the United States. Like we used like razor boards and crazy shit like that. I've been told that that match by promoters that that was the match that ushered in that level of violence to what you see nowadays here. You know, um, so that's pretty cool, pretty fucking humbling thing to hear from multiple people. But um, Marcus was one of them, but currently I would say Eric Ryan. Eric is, Eric is very moronic like I am, and he doesn't like to be out crazy. And no matter how beat up Eric is from wrestling, he still is willing to be completely nuts and go 100% the extra mile every single time. Uh, so I'd probably say Eric. Very nice. Uh, do you have a favorite? I know this is a hard one, but do you have a favorite match that you've performed in? The number one, if someone asks you, what, what's the match I should watch of yours? What's the one that you would suggest? Uh, yeah, depends on what. Let's see. A lot of people are saying that Takeda one was fucking really good. I, actually, that last one. Uh, I like me versus Murdoch. That's another guy I really like wrestling. Murdoch is, me and him click really well. Uh, I wrestled Murdoch in the, like the second ICW show ever uh, at the drive-in, I think it was called. That, I like that match a lot. Uh, at Takeda match, I didn't really get to see it yet and watch it, but felt good. I like that match versus Cruel. I had in Tennessee recently. That guy's fun to wrestle. Uh, I'm trying to rack my brain, dude. I don't That's all right. <laughs> those are good. Uh, um, I don't know, man. I get, my, I get hit in the head <laughs> 10 times a week, bro. I know, bro. That's a, those, those are some, some good answers there, bro. Only a few more to go here. Uh, Schlack, do you have a favorite book? Do I have a favorite book? Moby Dick. <laughs> I, I, because I, I, I really I have an Ahab tattoo I, I really relate to Ahab because uh, he, 
basically the whole point of the book of Moby Dick is find something you love and let it kill you. Right? That's basically the, under, the undertones of the whole book. Ahab loses his leg on a fishing trip to the white whale that escapes. And, you know, and he gets so possessed of this fucking whale. He gets so possessed by this whale that he jeopardizes his family at home against their word to go out and hunt this whale. He lies to his crew and tells them he's going out just on a, a trip, a, a boating trip, and that he's not hunting this fucking white whale. So they don't think he's nuts. And he goes out there. His crew dies, with the exception of one or two dudes. He, he loses his family. He goes out there and he fucking dies because he's so possessed of killing this white whale. And I feel like that's like a good uh, parallel to my life. I feel like I engorge myself with things so much that I everything else falls apart around me because I'm so goddamn possessed with this must happen, self-destruction. You know, uh, and then finally at the, at, at the end of Moby Dick, you know, Ahab goes to spear him and he gets caught up on the whale and the final moments of the story, he's strapped to the whale and the whale takes him away. So now he's a part of what, you know, he tried to kill him, he, you know, uh, I'll be there. <laughs> very cool, bro. Very cool. Uh, do you have a favorite TV show? Favorite TV show? I currently don't have a TV. I just moved. <laughs> Uh, six months ago, about a year ago, and I made a decision to not get a TV because TV saps the life out of me, dude. I'm like a fucking junkie with it, you know. So I made a decision, but now all I do is just sit on my goddamn phone. So I don't even, and I have like a thousand DVDs that I don't do use now because of it. But uh, before that, dude, I, that Peacemaker show was awesome. Did you see that with John Cena? I yeah. thought that was that was really good. Uh, um, what else was I fucking watching? Uh, Ozarks, did you see that? Oh, awesome, bro! Yeah, a lot. Um, I'm trying. I can't even remember. Like I said, uh, I'm usually like a, a horror movie guy. I mean, I watch anything, honestly. But I'm a, I'm a big horror movie guy. I like movies that twist your fucking brain into a thousand pieces. Like, you ever see that movie Pie? No. Pulls his brain out with the fucking drill. <laughs> uh, trepidation. When your brain, you get headaches and your brain swells and they drill a hole in their skull to relieve the pressure. Yeah. So your brain doesn't collide with the, the fucking inside of your, you know. Uh, it's a movie called Pie, but I like movies like that. Like odd, weird fucking David Lynch type shit. Like a racer head, like that kind of stuff. More of a movie guy, but I like really dumb shit too, like Peacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have a favorite horror film? Dude, I, did you see the new uh, Hellraiser? I'm fucking dying to see it, but I don't have fucking TV. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm a, I love Hellraiser. It's a great series. I mean, they got shitty later on. But a favorite horror movie? Dude, I'm like a horror movie junkie, dude. I've seen everything. Everything. Um, I, re I really like warped movies, like Serbian film. You ever see that movie? No. 
it's really fucked up movie. Uh, like, there's a lot of French movies like Irreversible and Martyrs. Like I said, I'll do, I'm really deep in the rabbit hole with horror movies. But if I had to choose one of my, the, I got it's got to be The Shining, dude. Anything where the husband flips out and murders his whole family is usually <laughs> my interest for some reason. <laughs> Excellent, bro. I know, I know this next one will be difficult for you. Favorite musical artist or band? Oh, uh, I know. Musical artist or band? Oh. Um, my favorite guitar player of all time? Probably Angus Young or Randy Rhodes. I mean, that's like all time, you know, obviously there's a lot of current and modern like death metal guys, but the roots of me playing music is like Randy Rhodes and Angus Young. Um, favorite band of all time? Fuck. It's like, you know, um, I, dude, I, like, I like Chuck Berry a whole lot. That's a guy that really got me into playing guitar. He's a big influence. Um, favorite like dude i listen to a lot of like bluegrass and outlaw country and <laughs> like 80s funk kind of like like um all, like 80s r&b funk kind of you know like i have a weird spectrum dude i listen to like fucking orchestras dude Play, like 50 piece orchestras it all depends on what you know what i'm in the mood for a favorite band you know what? I'll give you this. If, if someone asked me this where they said, dude, if you could join any band that ever existed in, in time, in history, what band would you join? I would join Rick James's band in the 80s. Because that's probably the funnest goddamn band to be in of all time. He spent $8,000 a week on, on drugs in the 80s, apparently. So <laughs> I'll fucking ride. But, uh, Favorite band? I don't know, man. Fucking Slayer, dude. Come on. <laughs> okay, cool. We're getting away from the arts now. Maybe the next few questions will be easier. Uh, do you have a favorite food? Favorite food? Um, ribeye, dude. Red excellent. meat. Excellent, excellent. Do you have a favorite place to eat on the road? Favorite place to eat on the road? Hmm. Favorite place to eat on the road? Are we talking fast food or are we talking like elegant restaurants? Talk to anything, anything. There's this restaurant in Las Vegas called Cleaver. It's a steakhouse. They have like $300 steaks. I was taking that place a couple of times. I'm obviously not springing for no $300 steak, but that's a good place. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'll, I'll spend good money on, on food. I'm fairly frugal when it comes to the rest of my life. I wear my shoes and my pants till there's holes in them. And then my, my, my regular everyday pants become my deathmatch wrestling pants. <laughs> I'm the fucking legs off them. Very frugal, but when it comes to food, I'll fucking spend a good amount of money because it's going in my body. You know, um, but uh, favorite place to eat. 
I, I do. I cook all the time myself, bro. I cook six times a day. You know that? Yep. It's tormenting. It's tormenting. But, that's you know, cool. That's- we can leave the answer as uh, cleavers. Um, we got three to go here, Schlack. Three to go. Favorite alcoholic beverage? Budweiser, dude. I'm wearing a fucking shirt, dude. <laughs> it says it on the beer. Very nice. <laughs> Second last one here, Schlack. Favorite female body part. Schlack sees a good looking lady. Where will Schlack's eyes go to first? I'm an ass man, dude. I'm an ass man. Hips Very and ass. Good. Excellent, bro. Uh, Don Morocco is also an ass man. Just letting you know that was his answer as well. You don't, you don't make love to the tits and the face. I mean, you can. <laughs> but, uh, make love to the ass, brother. <laughs> Excellent, Brian. The last one here, Schlack. Favorite curse word? Favorite curse word? Oh. Cocksucker. <laughs> Excellent answer, bro. Schlack, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Insider's Edge podcast here with me. Um, you know, and I think maybe one day you should have your own podcast and call it No Pod Only Schlack. I uh, just wanted to throw that lame joke in there, but bro, really appreciate your time. Rob, dude, thanks for having me on, bro. And thank all of you out there for checking out the Insider's Edge podcast here. My exclusive interview here with Schlack, everything going on in his life will be in the description on YouTube. So thank you all for checking it out, and we will see you down the road. Thank you.